Hey guys, this is the Carson Krupnik Talk Show, episode number two. And the topics I will be talking about today are Patrick Chung has agreed to a two-year extension to 2023 and will get $3 million to sign and is now um, due up to $12.8 million over the next four NFL seasons and years. That's topic number one. Topic number two is Eagles' Miles Sanders absolutely ready for bigger workload. That's topic number two. Topic number three is the Seahawks offer Devontae Freeman a contract amid Rashad Penny's recovery. That's topic number three. Let's get into topic number four. And in topic number four, I will be talking about my NFC East quarterbacks over or under projected passing touchdown predictions for the upcoming 2020 NFL season. Okay. Okay. Topic number one. Veteran safety Patrick Chung has agreed to a a two-year extension through 2023, and he will get $3 million to sign and is now due up to $12.8 million over the next four NFL seasons and years. So I think this is a good move by Bill Belichick and the Patriots because he fits their scheme. He's, he's a solid safety, and he's just another piece added to that stack secondary with Devin McCourty, solid safety. Jason McCourty, solid. I mean, Devin McCourty, good corner. I mean, not corner. Devin McCourty, good safety. Jason McCourty, a solid corner. Jonathan Jones is a solid corner. Stephon Gilmore is the best corner in the league. Stat-wise this year, Jalen Ram- him and Jalen Ramsey are one and two, but um, I think J- uh, Jalen Ramsey is two and uh, Gilmore is one. I think Gilmore is the best um, corner in the league. And uh, former Chargers safety Adrian Phillips that they picked up and um, that they picked up this year. He's solid. Gilmore's really good. So I think, yeah, their secondary is really good. I think their secondary is going to give teams uh, trouble this year. And, wow. Yeah, that secondary with Patrick Chung, Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, Jonathan Jones, Stephon Gilmore, Adrian, P- uh, Adrian Phillips. Yeah, that secondary is really good. That's top one. Let's get into topic two. Eagles' Miles Sanders absolutely ready for bigger workload. What I think about this is Miles Sanders... Started as a backup in his rookie season last season, and after an injury to Jordan Howard last season, would thrust Sanders into the starting role. In 16 games, Miles Sanders had 179 total carries for 818 total rushing yards and three touchdowns. Adding on top of that, he had 50 receptions for 509 total receiving yards and another three scores. Sanders told uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio earlier today, that he absolutely sees himself handling a bigger load in 2020. This is what Sanders had to say. I believe that's why they drafted me in the first place, Sanders said. It was really just a switch, honestly, that turn. All of a sudden, I was a starting running back, and I didn't start at the beginning of the season, so I just looked at it as an opportunity, and I just attacked it. Currently, Boston Scott and Corey Clement are, are the only other running backs on the depth chart, and uh, they are both are the two Eagles, uh, the two um, Eagles running backs most likely to cut into Sanders' workload and uh, bulk, uh, bulk of carries this year. But both are change of, but both are change of pace type backs, 
and Sanders. Sanders has a clear path. Uh, Sanders is a clear number one running back. Obviously, he showed us what he could do last year with having with having eight hundred eighteen rushing yards, nearly which is nearly a thousand rushing yards, and at um half a slightly over half a thousand receiving yards and fifty total receptions, and had over a thousand all scrimmage yards and all purpose yards. Yeah, so it's clear Sanders is number one back. And he has a clear path to get early down bulk of the carries. And he, he uh, and will get carries and a bulk of the snaps. I think Sanders will um, be able to handle the workload. And he showed what he could do last year. And I'm going to mention this again. With nearly 1,000 rushing yards, with 818, and uh, slightly over half 1,500 non-receiving yards, um, during a time when the Eagles were decimated at the wide receiver spot with Deshaun Jackson, or I mean the wide receiver position with Deshaun Jackson out, Alshon Jeffrey out, banged up, and only played half the season. He only played eight games. And practice squad receiver, receivers, Greg Ward, stepped up and showed us what he can do. He played excellent. And um, Robert Davis and J.J. Segal-Whiteside got put into big moments at, as a rookie, the rookie from Stanford. At least the Eagles still had Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard as their as Wentz's main uh, options to go to and targets. And Zach Ertz last year, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Zach Ertz last year played with internal bleeding and still had nearly a thousand receiving yards with nine hundred sixteen and led the Eagles in receiving yards. And Goddard stepped up and made some big plays for the Eagles last year and had six hundred seven receiving yards and was the second leading receiver for the Eagles with 607 receiving yards. Surprisingly, at number three, the number three leading receiver last year in 2019 for the Eagles was starting running back Miles Sanders. Now, just at that stat line right there, Miles Sanders having 509 receiving yards, I mean 50 uh, receptions for 509, for a total of 509 receiving yards. I mean, that's really impressive, saying that he gets a bulk of the carries, he worked hard, he runs the ball a lot. He's our main back. He's running. He's RB one. He's running back one. He's a main running back. And it also what it also proves and shows is that Miles Sanders is also a good um, pass catcher and also a good um, uh, receiving back. And uh, so yeah, I think he will be able to handle the workload uh, heading into his uh, sophomore season with the Eagles. And heading into the 2020 NFL season, I think we'll be able to handle the workload. So, yeah, I think we'll, he'll be able to handle it. He'll be able to handle the workload. Topic number three. The Seahawks... Well, this this is topic number three. Here we go. The Seahawks offered... Uh, the Seahawks reportedly offered Devontae Freeman a contract amid Rashad Penny's recovery and unavail... And, uh, and that Rashad Penny is unavailable for the upcoming 2020 NFL season. Okay. With a torn ACL. All right. So what I think about this is, obviously, running back one is Chris Carson. He, he was banged up last year and, sit, and still had over 1,000 rushing yards, which was very impressive because he was banged up. And when you're banged, and he was banged up, he's injury prone and still had over 1,000 rushing yards. And he's one of the best uh, young running backs in the game as long as 
along with one of the best running backs overall in the game. So, what I think about this is, um, yeah, so Chris Carson will be running back one. Very impressive. Had over 1,000 rushing yards last year and was banged up. And um, uh, Travis Homer stepped in when uh, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny got injured last year. And he played well. He was very productive. So he was at, he's looking to be that backup with uh, Rashad Penny being unavailable for the upcoming 2020 NFL season. He's looking, he's, at, he's got that backup spot right now. And um, so the Falcons released Devontae Freeman uh, in March, which paved the way for the Falcons to sign former Los Angeles Rams star running back Todd Gurley to fill the void for that number one running back spot for the Falcons. The 28-year-old Devontae Freeman spent his first six seasons of his career with the Atlanta Falcons. With, with I mean, the, with the Falcons. He spent his first six years of his career with the Falcons. Who drafted him the fourth round of the, of the 2014 NFL Draft. He was one of the league's most productive backs in, in uh, both 2015 and 2016. He rushed for over 1,000 yards in both um, years and seasons while recording 27 total touchdowns in 31 games, which is very impressive. His numbers um, plummeted and dropped off in 2019 this past year because he's injury-prone, though he tallied 656 rushing yards on eight, uh, 184 carries with with just two rushing touchdowns. Uh, touchdowns in 14 games. He did rack up 59 catches and um, and four touchdown receptions. Though, what I think is the Seahawks, clearly, like I mentioned time and time, time and time again, the Seahawks already have their running back one and Chris Carson, who even banged up last year at over 1,000 uh, rushing yards. And he accumulated over 1,000 for accumulated 1,496 yards from skip, uh, from scrimmage in all purpose and nine total touchdowns in 2019 last year and was banged up and had 1,230 rushing yards and suffered a hip injury. So that's very impressive. The backup job will be up for grabs because Rashad Penny um, tore his ACL and he's and he's unavailable for the uh, upcoming 2020 NFL season. So that job is still lurking. I think Travis Homer's there, but if they give Devontae Freeman, I think if he's at his peak and he's fully healthy, I think he'll beat out Travis Homer for the backup spot to replace Rashad Penny. Okay. So the options the Seahawks have now as 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 to be the backup to Chris Carson are Travis Homer, Patrick Carr, Anthony Jones, and DJ Dallas are all contenders on the roster. If Freeman's at his peak and if he's fully healthy, it's better than all those other options. But the logical, uh, um, but the logical thing to do here, if if I were the Seahawks, the logical thing to do here is. They should probably want to limit their financial risk because if players, these players like Travis Homer or these young, uh, or these young uh, 
running backs like Patrick Carr, Anthony Jones, or DJ Dallas. Um, outperform him in training camp or the pre- and the preseason, then you just gave uh, um, uh, injury-prone Devontae Freeman, veteran Devontae Freeman, a contract when he's getting beat out by other um, contenders like Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, I mean, Patrick Carr, Anthony Jones, or DJ Dallas. And if they beat him out, then why would you give him a contract? Because he's already, he's injury-prone, He's banged up. I mean, he's not going to be the same player he was in the Falcons 2015-2016. We had over 1,000 rushing yards in each of those seasons. I mean, so, yeah. So, obviously, I know that they they already have their starter at running back in Chris Carson, who's been banged up, but last year had over 1,000 rushing yards. And the backup job is still up for grabs with uh, Rashad Penny unavailable, the torn ACL. To start the 2020 season, I think Travis Homer would be the only competition if the if the Falcons give Devontae Freeman a contract because Travis Homer when both when Chris Carson and Rashad Penny went out last year were banged up. He stepped up and he, he I mean he had some nice games. He stepped up, he, he had his moments. He had some production. He produced. it was some production. I mean he did his thing. Not even close to Chris Carson, who had over a thousand rushing yards last year when he's banged up. But he did his thing. He gave Russell Wilson the Seahawks a running game. Free up the pass. Got through free up the pass, which frees up a monster of a wide receiver in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett is really good. Jacob Hollister is good. So yeah, I think Travis Homer would be the only competition for Freeman if they give him a contract. But, like I said, if Freeman's fully healthy and he, and he returns to the same player he was on the Falcons in 2015-2016, that type of player, elusive, I mean, really fast, finds the holes, very patient. I mean, just reads the defense as well. Good ball carrier, fast, good, breaks a lot of tackles. Big. He's a big little guy. He's a big guy. Yeah. And like I said, if he's fully healthy and at his peak and gets back to the same player he was, he'll beat out Travis Homer, obviously. And he'll be the backup for uh, one of the best running backs in the league, Chris Carson. So, yeah. Now the uh, for the finale topic four, we have my NFC East quarterbacks over or under passing touchdowns predictions for the upcoming twenty twenty NFL season. So, number one, we got Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. I'm gonna go under here because he loses his Pro Bowl center and Travis Frederick. He was good in the pass block and run block and would always hold up and protect Dak. And it was Randall Cobb, who was a good receiver for them and the third, third best receiver for them under, obviously, Mark Cooper and Michael Gallup. And he loses Tavon Austin for agency. Well, they didn't really need Tavon Austin because they already had Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Randall Cobb at the time in 2019 last year. And, and Tavon Austin's been battling injuries ever since he was on the Cowboys, ever since he left the Rams to go on the Cowboys. So 
that's that's really a no factor. But Randall Cobb going to the Texans, and that that's bigger than Taylor Austin because he's obviously way better. He's had a better career, and I think yeah, I think that's big for Dak Prescott because, I mean, they did they did get a plus out of it by getting uh, C.D. Lamb in the draft. In my opinion, the best college uh, the best receiver in college football last year. I think he was better than Jerry Judy. Stat wise, he was very uh, better than Jerry Judy. But I think overall, he's a better player. Yeah, I think he has better hands. He has better catch through contact. I think he he's not faster, but I I just think he's more explosive, more elusive. Yak uh, yards after catch. He breaks a lot of tackles. He jukes a lot of people. It's hard to tackle. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a great pick by. Uh, Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys by getting CeeDee Lamb. So now Amari Cooper is going to be wide receiver one. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to thrust into, uh, go into the role as a number two receiver and push Michael Gabbin to the slot, number three. Because I think uh, he needs his uh, Lamb needs his touches. He's going to be a huge part of that offense. So, yeah, he loses Randall Cobb. And... And Dak had 30 um, passing touchdowns in 2019 last year, which was a career high for him. And and the Redskins have oh, the Redskins got the Redskins now have Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat as a great trio of up front D line edge rushers. I think this year, my it's my opinion, but this year I think the the up front D line edge rushers. Uh, the trio of up-front D-line addresses of Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, and Montez Sweat is going to be top three in the league. Obviously, you can argue that, uh, the Eagles are up there, too, with uh, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, and uh, Fletcher Cox. But, yeah. So, they got they got to play. They got to go up against that up-front D-line trio of addresses, Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, and Montez Sweat twice a year. So, that's going to be tough. They also got to go up against the uh, the front, the up front, uh, D line, edge rushers of the Eagles, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, and Fletcher Cox. That's gonna be tough for them too. They got to play them twice a year too. So uh, yeah, that's gonna be tough. And um, and Dak hasn't been going to training camp either because obviously of the coronavirus. So that's gonna push Dak and the Cowboys back. They're gonna be a little rusty. And not to mention they they got they have a new coach and Mike McCarthy, former Packers coach, played with Aaron uh, coach Aaron Rodgers, and was is used to winning. And I think, like I said, they're gonna be no uh, and they and they have no OTAs, so they can't practice. So I think they're gonna be a little rusty. So, yeah. So I'd say, so I'd say a little bit under that number. On to Daniel Jones, number two, Daniel Jones. Over or under 27 and a half touchdown passes. I'm going to go over, I mean, I'm going to go under because they revamped their offensive line with Nate Solder, Will Hernandez. Well, even though they revamped their offensive line with Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, um, Pulley, Zeitler, and Andrew, drafting Andrew Thomas in their first round pick. And the line, their line is better and deeper than it's been. And Dave Gettleman has done a very good job of improving it quickly. Now, 
but his receiving core is very injury prone now. With with uh, Golden Tate, Ster- uh, Sterling Shepard, and Corey, uh, Corey Coleman. Tate is a good receiver. He's Tate is well. Tate is a good receiver. He's fast. He has good hands, and he is one of the best yak receivers, which stands for yards after catch. He's been that ever since he was on the Lions, which is like yards after catch. He breaks a lot of tackles in the game. He goes for the extra yards. He's one of the uh, better yak receivers in the league. Yards after catch receivers in the league. But again, he was one of the leagues. Uh, but again, he he's injury prone and still has uh, over half a thousand receiving yards this year. He's up with six hundred seventy-six receiving coaching yards last year. Sterling, and yeah, I think uh, that see in, these injuries can do a lot uh, to a team. It's mindset, and I think that's gonna do. That's gonna. Uh, with all these injuries, there's with the receiving core with Golden Tate, um, Corey Coleman, and Sterling Shepard, it's gonna uh, affect. Uh, and not to mention Evan Ingram, one of the best times in the league when he's fully healthy and plays. He's banged up almost every year, so I think uh, Daniel Jones is gonna be forced to go to guys like Darius Slayton. So yeah. And. Um, Sterling Shepard is a good receiver. I think he's really underrated. He's fast. He has good hands. But yet again, just like Golden Tate, he's injury prone. And his stats uh, dropped off last year in 2019 because he was battling injuries. And he was put in concussion protocol after apparently uh, suffering a concussion against the Cowboys in week one last year. And suffered another concussion in week five against the Vikings. So I think with Sterling Shepard, he's very underrated. He's, he's a very good receiver. He's good hands. He's really fast. He can do anything. He's a deep threat. He can work the slot. He can play the slot. He can run uh, short and intermediate routes. I think he's a good receiver. So, yeah. I think he's a solid. I think he's a good receiver. So... And uh, Corey Coleman missed the entire 2019 season with a torn ACL. Wow, it's tough, man. And Daniel Jones has to go up against... I mean, Corey Coleman uh, sat out the entire 2019 season last year with a torn ACL. I mean, now he has to go through rehab, and that, that's hard to come back. You have to go through rehab. You have to work out a lot. I mean, that's... Wow. That can do a lot of damage to someone's mindset, and that, that that can do a lot of damage to someone's career too. Just like Corey uh, Corey Coleman is an example. So, so Daniel Jones has to go up against the really good up front D line uh, trio of edge rushers of the Redskins with Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, and Montez Sweat, which I think is going to be. I think, debatably, I think they're going to be a top three uh, up-front D-line edge rushers in the league, trio of up-front D-line edge rushers in the league. But overall, I think, debatably, they're going to take the league by storm, and I think, which I think is going to be 
I think they're going to be one of the best trios of upfront D-line edge rushers in the league. And he has to face them twice a year. And Evan Ingram, not to mention, is injury-prone almost every year of his career. He is a, one of the best tight ends in the league when he's fully healthy. His production is really good. He played well with Eli Manning. I mean, he's played well with uh, Daniel Jones, but he's banged up. He's banged up last year, like I said. Hasn't really seen the field much in his career, but he's been banged up. But when he has seen the field, when he has played, really productive. One of the best tight ends in the league. Top 10, top 15. He's one of the better tight ends in the league. So I think he's going to struggle because... So I think Darren, uh, I'm, I'm, so I think Darren Jones is going to struggle because even though his O-line is revamped, his receiving core is heavily injury-prone. So I'd say under. At number three, Carson Wentz. Over under 27.5 touchdown passes. I'm going to go over because I think if he can stay healthy and our O-line and our O-line is um, already really good with Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, Brandon Brooks, and and Isaac Salamelo. And we have a really good receiving core with Deshaun Jackson, Ashawn Jeffrey, Marquise Goodwin, uh, we newly drafted Jalen Rieger, Greg Ward who stepped up, was practice squad receiver and stepped up, and J.J. Watts, our rookie receiver last year. The biggest thing is our receiving core, the biggest thing is for our receiving core to stay healthy. Um, and some of uh, some of our main receivers that need to stay healthy, especially are Deshaun Jackson, who's so good, R- really fast, has great hands, and he's a deep threat. And before, and he's a huge deep threat. And before he got injured, week one against the Redskins, he torched them, and had eight receptions for 154 uh, total receiving yards, and had two touchdowns. And Wentz was connecting with him, and just just when they uh, looked like they were starting to get chemistry. And then week two, Deshaun Jackson suffered, just played only 11 snaps, and then suffered an abdominal tear in the Eagles week two, early loss against the Falcons. Week, I mean, early in the game, he suffered an adop- abdominal tear in the Eagles week two, loss against the Falcons. And then he came back uh, for week nine against the Bears. And played just one drive and didn't return after that. So I think if Deshaun Jackson can stay healthy, he's our number one receiver. He's our number one deep threat. I think he's a huge part of our offense. I mean, anyway, if Wentz can get Deshaun Jackson the ball, he's going to try to get it to him because the man's a playmaker. I mean, he's the only player to make the Pro Bowl as a receiver and return specialist. I mean, man can do that. He's really fast. He's really good hands. He's just, wow, great receiver. One of the best Eagles receivers of all time, along with um, Harold Carmichael, Chris Carter, Terrell Owens, along with them. So, uh, on to Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey... Alshon Jeffrey is a good receiver. He has a size. He's fast for his size when he's healthy, and he has really good hands. He has good hands, and he's one of the best jump ball receivers in the league, in my opinion. He brings a lot 
he he brings a lot to this Eagles offense. He's one of four. He he's one of our best receivers. He's he he's one of our deep threats, and he's also um. um So yeah, Deshaun Jet. I mean, not Sean. Ashton Jeffrey. He's good hands. He's fast. He has his size. He's uh, really good hands. He's fast. He's in my opinion, and he's one of the best receiver jump ball receivers in the league, in my opinion. And um, he brings a lot to this Eagles offense. I mean, he's one of our best receivers. He's one of our um, deep threats. And um and on some occasions he can be a no factor because what people understand is he draws so much attention. I mean he gets double team almost every play when he's healthy and he's on the field. And people think he can't even catch and he and he drops because he get but and he drops the ball and people think he drops the ball a lot, but it's because he gets double teamed a lot. And um And it's tough to make those catches in double coverage. I mean, I mean, flashback to twenty eighteen when he caught it. He he lost four people on the Rams. I mean, but it's t- yeah, it's tough to make in, uh, contested catches in double coverage, which then would force Lance, uh to go to Ertz, which is his most reliable receiver, and got it. And Ertz gets so much targets, not only because he's really good and the top three tight in the league, debatably the best tight in the league, but I think he's third, Kelsey's second, and Kittle's first. Not just Kittle's stat-wise first and last year, but I just think that uh, Kittle is just unbelievable, man. They're all three unbelievable, but I think Kittle, man, Kittle is different. Not only because he... Uh, Wentz really relies on Ertz, So yeah, Alshon Jeff and yeah, Rens really relies on Ertz, and um, he gets Ertz the ball anytime. He he really trusts Ertz because they have that connection. They've been there. Uh, Wentz and him have been um, been with each other ever since Wentz got drafted in, in 2016. So yeah, they just have that connection, and Ertz um, showed this year he played with internal bleeding and still had nearly a thousand receiving yards. With 916 and led the Eagles in receiving yards this year. And yes, he's our number one tight end, but out of all the receivers on the roster, even though he, most of them were injured, Deshaun Jackson was injured, Alshon Jeffrey was injured for half of the season, Greg Ward stepped up and had half a thousand receiving yards. And um, yeah, Ertz was our leading receiver, and Goddard uh, was our second leading receiver with uh, 607 receiving yards. So yeah, if Alshon Jeffrey can stay healthy, then I think he will be able to be. I think he he will be a big part of our offense. On to Marquise Marquise Goodwin, newly acquired receiver from the Forty Nine er. Uh, not from well, newly acquired receiver. Uh, receiver former Forty Nine er, and just by getting Goodwin is gonna give speed to the Eagles. I mean, he's one. Of the, he's really fast. He has good hands, and he's he's gonna be a deep threat. Uh, for them, if he stays healthy, I mean, he's one of the fastest receivers in the league. 
Um, obviously not faster than Tyreek Hill or John Ross. But uh, still one of the fastest receivers in the league. And the Eagles receiving core now is the second fastest in the league, only to the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill, McCole Harmon, and Sammy Watkins. But Goodman, uh, but Goodman's stats plummeted with the 49ers in, in 2019 when he was dealing with a chronic knee uh, in 2019 last year when he was dealing with chronic knee and ankle injuries. They eventually put him on IR, which is injury reserve, and in 2019 he only had uh, 12 receptions for 186 total yards and one touchdown. I think if he. If he stays healthy, he will be able to be, he will be a big part of our offense. So yeah, those are three, uh, three of our main uh, receivers that are injury prone. So yeah, if Wentz can stay healthy, and if he's fully healthy, then he's a top five, top six QB in the league. Obviously not better than Mahomes, Lamar, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Aaron, or Aaron Rodgers. I think he's probably five or six, six, six after Rodgers. Well, Rogers fifth. I think wants to be sixth. And if our receiving court can stay healthy, especially Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and Marquise Goodwin, who all are injury prone, then I'd say uh, once goes over, goes over the twenty-seven and a half passing touchdown mark. All right. Number four. At number four, we have Dwayne Hoskins. So over under 20 passing touchdowns. I'm going to go under here because they lost Trent Williams, who was a huge part of that offensive line and was debatably the best Redskins uh, player for the past decade for the past decade and single-handedly raised a collection of mostly below average O-linemen to at least a respectable level. But they still have Brandon Sheriff, Chase Ruel, um, Morgan Mose- Morgan Moses Cornelius Lucas, and Wes Martin. I think the Redskins are in a very solid uh, position at an offensive line going into the 2020 NFL season. And and, um, and, uh, Haskins has a good receiving core with a trio of really fast receivers and Terry McCord, who had nearly 1,000 receiving yards in his rookie season. Steve Sims, which is really fast. He's very productive for them. And Kelvin Harmon, who has the size, and he's a solid receiver. All of, all of which are young, and all of which have a lot of upside in the future, especially McLaurin. And they got um, Antonio Gandy-Golden in the draft, who's um, really good. One of the best, not one of the best receivers in the draft, but I think one of the most underrated receivers in the draft, not looked or upon because everyone was looking at C.D. Lamb, obviously C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, um, T. Higgins, uh, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rieger, Brandon Ayuk, and uh, Chase Claypool, K.J. Hamler, and the list goes on. So I think he's very underrated. He will uh, be very productive. He will be um, add a lot of depth at that wide, uh, wide receiver position for them. And and they got um, and they got undrafted free agent Thaddeus Moss, which is um, which is Randy Moss, 
one of the best receivers ever to play football in the game. I think Jerry Rice is better, but one of the best stat-wise. Um, what? Stat-wise, Th- uh, Thaddeus Moss at LSU was really good. Like his dad, he has the hand. He, he got his hand from his dad. I mean, very productive. And he's just beast. He has the size, good catch through contact. His really good hands can go up and get it. I think he's a really good player. But like I said, I think Jerry Rice is uh, better than Delaney Moss. That's just my opinion. And um, but I think their line is solid and uh, got and is better than last year. But Haskins. Tends to hold the ball too long, and and he and last year in the twenty nineteen season, and last year he only had se- and last and, and last year he only had seven passing touchdowns. Last year, which is, which is pretty bad. I mean, I'll cut him some slack because he's a rookie and he's not. A, he has a lot of supporting cast. He's a good receiving core: Terry McCorn, C. Sims, and Calvin Harmon. But I'll cut him some slack. He's a rookie. He lost twenty pounds in the offseason. Uh, this year he's working really hard to get better, and I think he's going to prove everyone wrong. I think he's going to have a, uh, I think he, I think he's going to have a better season than a lot of people think. I think he, definitely going to have over two thousand passing yards or three thousand passing yards, but I just say so. I, I, I would just say under twenty passing touchdowns. So, I, so I'd say under. So yeah. That wraps it up for episode two, and yeah.